so good. So good to get to talk to a room full of heavenly beings. I'm not talking about the angels. I'm talking about you guys. Uh, There's this little phrase in in 1 Corinthians that says, I couldn't address you as spiritual uh, men. And I just felt God this morning just say, I need to talk to them as spiritual. These are spirit beings in the room. And uh, our culture that we live in tends to prioritize the power of intellect, reason, uh, some intuition over what could be described as the spirit. And we have people that we call spiritual or religious. We tend to, big generalization, marginalize them. But this one, I just want to call your spirit man out to the front. Because a biblical perspective is we are led, moved by the spirit of God. And the spirit of God and your spirit are in union. There is it's a bit like water in a pipe. You can't tell where one starts and the other ends. So I just want to call your spirit man to attention, to the front, and I want to talk to him or her today. So hi. Hi, spiritual people. Good you got your spirit switched on. Uh, our spirit man can contain, can deal with, can work with, can process things that our minds at first cannot. The Holy Spirit works to teach us, all right? One of the things he does is he teaches our minds. So sometimes you can get ahead faster by putting your spiritual receiver at the front and not filtering everything through your intellect and understanding first. I know that already sounds weird, but actually I think it's biblical. And would you turn with me to uh, Colossians chapter 3? And verse 1, I'm just going to do verse 1 to 4. And uh, I had fun this week, I got into some Greek words, so you're going to get a little bit of Greek in- impacting your spirit, man, and your mind. Uh, but it's fun Greek, well, I thought it was fun, I had a great time. So just inviting you into my spiritual encounter here. Since then, you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We won't get past verse 4. Trust me. <laughs> just, just go back to verse 1 for us. That would be fantastic. Um, uh, oh, yeah, 3 is good. 2 is good. Fantastic. Uh, just... Really, the things that I've been talking about over the recent weeks about the Holy Spirit inside of us and that we are, we are, uh, we are indwelt by the fullness of God. That, that he's who he, we're not trying to get to be full. We are lived in by his fullness. That the fullness of deity lives in him in bodily form and you've received fullness in him. That's Colossians chapter 1 and 2. Okay, so I'm not saying it's wrong to ask to be filled, all right? Don't misunderstand me. But another message a long time ago, do you remember, I kind of went for the idea that we've all been taught, or many have been taught, is that we're like a bucket that needs to be filled, but it's got holes in. That The concept in Christianity is we need to be filled because we're just a bucket and we need to be filled. But actually, that, the idea of a bucket, I haven't found that in the New Testament. I, did, I didn't, I searched the word bucket. In the Greek, even, it's not there. 
what is there is rivers and springs, which are very different in concept to buckets, are they not? A bucket with a hole in is something you need to go somewhere else to be filled, and then you go away, and because it's got a hole in, you need to go back to be filled, yeah? A river is something living in you that is, is by definition, re- self-replenishing. So Jesus said that if you just believed in him, rivers, plural, of living water would flow out of your innermost being. So we're river people, not bucket people. I, I, I prefer that idea. It's slightly overwhelming. I, I, one, one morning I put on, uh, when I was preparing, I got all my devices and I started playing the sound of rivers through all of them as loud as possible because I figured I had to get in touch with what could this actual be like. And it's quite overwhelming when you get a, you know, a, ri- a river sound, even that rushing sound. And then there's another one. Because the word rivers doesn't seem to have an end to it. I don't know how many rivers you got. But it's more than one, and the sound of one is pretty amazing. And so I just want to crack off as this idea, well, I've just got my little holy bucket and I'm here to get filled. Because what we believe is what we behave. And the church has been, been hit with this stuff for, for centuries. So we have the idea that we have small leaky buckets, and that's, that is in our heads. But actually what we have is this, torrent of rivers flowing out of us the reality is I'm speaking to your spirit your spirit is alive and it is rivers <laughs> oh it doesn't feel like it no no, no don't that, that's that's your head locking in <laughs> your spirit man knows it's true because your spirit man's connected to the rivers uh, <laughs> I'm having fun already um, this since then <laughs> you've been right so ver- this is chapter three he didn't write the chapters in that was a later edition but he said all this stuff about how full we are and how Jesus is in us and how he came in bodily form so really what is establishing against the Gnostic heresy which didn't really believe that Jesus came in a body because they thought that the flesh bodies were evil but actually he's saying just as Jesus came in a body a human body a fallen body and was totally full of God he was divine, he was God's son, he was 100% God in a 100% man. He has made you the same. 100% God has rocked up inside 100% humanity and I'm looking at you this morning. Now that's what he's said in short. And then chapter 3 verse 1, since then you've been raised with Christ, so set your hearts on the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I'm so glad that we have the the NIV here because a lot of the translations say set your minds but actually the word is bigger than just what goes on in your head. The old King James translates it set your affections because it's struggling because we don't have an English word in one word that gives us what that word means in Greek, because it's about feelings and thoughts happening together. So, do you want a quick Greek lesson? Because you're going to get it anyway, so here we go. The, 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 the idea is from a word called phronio. That word heart is phronio, and it's to do with the midriff or the diaphragm, the parts around the physical heart. So, they, they, 
the, the Greeks were using the physical realm to say something metaphorically about the spirit or soul realm, okay? And properly, it means to regulate, moderate <laughs> from within as inner perspective insight shows itself in corresponding outward behavior. Got that? <laughs> Essentially, it equates to personal opinion fleshing itself in action. The idea is difficult to translate into English because it combines visceral and cognitive aspects of thinking. So you don't just think with your head. That's a lie of our culture. You think with your feelings. You think with your brain. You think with your feelings. You're not, a, you're not sectioned up into lots of neat boxes. You are, you are one, and your feelings and your mind interact together. You are a visceral feeling person with a mind. And he's saying, stick all that stuff on heaven. One, one uh, super respected Greek scholar says this. He said, we're to seek heaven, we're also to think heaven. A lot of us have been raised with the idea of hungering, thirsting, seeking, pursuing. All good. Ask and keep asking. Knock and keep knocking. Seek and you shall find. Yes? You know the verses? The difficulty with that is sometimes we forget the second half of those phrases, which is seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. Ask and it will be given. And receiving is a different posture to asking. And sometimes we can just keep on asking and move right past the provision. Sometimes we can be so busy thinking we don't have it that we're still asking for it when we've already received it. You can walk past the open door asking for an open door. You can keep asking for a gift that's already being offered because the posture of receiving is different to the posture of pressing in, asking, looking. Do you get me? That... We need to lift up the reality of what we already have without saying it's wrong to seek for more. Yeah? It's not illegal to press in, but actually, as we came to Christ and just said, Jesus, I give you my life, he found us and we found him, suddenly we received a huge amount. We, re we received a massive thing, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And here he's saying, we need to bring our affections, our hearts, our minds to a place where we're not just seeking for more, we're actually letting them live in the place we already are. <laughs> it may not make sense, but it does make sense. Allow your head to be filled. Allow your feelings to be filled with heaven's feelings. Allow your mind to be filled with heaven's perspectives, with heaven's realities, with heaven's visions, with heaven's imaginations. That's what Paul is saying. Since all these things are true, that we've been raised with Christ, now bring our reality our consciousness and our affections allow that new reality to soak into your inner life. 
You've already been found. You're already seated. You're not trying to get there. You are there. Now allow the fact that that's where you are present to be the thing that affects your consciousness right now. Come on, spirit man. This is where you are. You are I'm not just talking to spiritual people. We are to corporately sat in the presence of God in heavenly realms. And somewhere in all this interaction, Holy Spirit is working on us that our minds and hearts will be filled with heaven's reality this morning. Just kind of tuning in that spirit man to who you really are, where you really are, and what he's about, and what he thinks of you, and how he's feeling right now. How, how, do, you, how do you think he is feeling about you now? So let your feeling line up with his feeling. I was saying in worship, like, how do you see us as a family? I'm like, ooh, I was, this sensation of being in heavenly realms looking down on us worshipping. It's like, I really love this family. I think this is, I love the hunger. I think they're so healthy. I think they're so spiritual. I'm like, that was his opinion of us this morning. In what I was hearing anyway. This is a healthy community. This is a beautiful community. This is the strength in this house. This is all the things he said to me. I'm like, Wow. So I thought I'd, I'd let you know in case you didn't know. It's good to know. Come on, spirit man, stay with me. <laughs> no, I don't want to take a picture iPad. I want to go find my notes again. <laughs> you should know that. <laughs> so where do we get to? We got to set your hearts, your affections. <laughs> because this is where we are. Now, okay, we did that. Sometimes this is hard work. Not because we have to get ourselves into heavenly places. Not because we have to convince God to be close to us. Not because we have to kind of rev ourselves up to be spiritual. Just because... We're changing the way we think to line up with a new reality. And we live in a a reality defined for us by others. Does that make sense? I I came across this quote by Martin Luther King. says, rarely do we find men willing to engage in hard, solid thinking. There's an almost universal quest for the easy answer and the half-baked solution. Nothing pains some people more than having to think. The problem is, if you don't think, somebody's going to do the thinking for you. So it's back a few verses in Colossians, but Paul actually says to them in in 2 verse 8, see to it, so this is something you and I are in the business of doing, see to it that no one take you captive by philosophy or empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. So he's acknowledging that there is a philosophical atmosphere that these believers were living in, and their responsibility was to see to it that that philosophical thought-based realm did not capture them. Because it was based on a spirit realm reality different to heaven's reality. Does that, does that make some sense? So 
He's saying, work, do the thinking work to line up with the reality that you know you really are in. <clears throat> do not let your mind just kind of be washed along with whether it's the religious thinking or the moral thinking or the, the general noise of the philosophy of the age. Listen, we, philosophers arise in our culture and often 20, 30, 40 years after they've written, then Nietzsche or whatever has actually begun to influence the way the wider culture thinks. When heaven invades your life, you just got connected to a new philosophy. And he's not called Nietzsche. He's called Jesus. And his philosophy has outlived every other philosopher that has come before or after him. Socrates, etc., etc. Jesus, one of the things that's lifted him up is that his thinking is superior to everything that came before or after him. And men are still fascinated, even unbelieving people. People in places of influence are fascinated by Jesus and what he said and how he said it. Why? Because he was from heaven. He was introducing heaven's realities to the earth. And guess what? We just joined that club. <laughs> so there's some work for us to do, but it's a good work because we're not doing it to gain something that we don't have we're doing it to express something that's already present <sighs> and we don't want to just end up doing the thinking others have done for us much of Christian thinking has been earthified and I know sometimes things get said here that are hard to understand. And, but isn't that a good thing? Isn't it a good thing that you could come to church and you have to think? Rather than you sit there like, yeah, I already knew that, I already knew that. That's how I thought it was. I've been in church all my life or I got saved last week and somebody told me that And actually, what we're trying to create here is an environment where you have to think. Because some of what we've inherited in the in the atmosphere of our Christian experience, is pretty earthed. Yeah. And we're all trying to learn how to do this, set our hearts and minds on the things that are above. Because we're in heaven, we want to think heaven. Yeah. Do you want to change the world? Yeah. The world is not looking for more people with the same kind of ideas. The world gets changed when people come like Jesus did and start saying things that at first sound like gobbledygook. Most people, don't be fooled, most people, if you read the scriptures carefully, didn't understand what he was saying. And he didn't make it easy for them either. But they pressed in, some pressed in and began to get some understanding as time went on but Jesus just said it and left them to go what the heck was that he changed the world forever how, how you doing spirit man still still <laughs> 
in Western culture, a radical gospel often gets dulled into something that's more acceptable to the culture. And the danger of trying to be the danger of trying to be culturally relevant is that you lose the cutting edge of heaven to earth, of the radical nature of the resurrection life, etc., etc. <laughs> There's something in Western culture that just likes to soften the impact of everything because we don't want to upset anybody. Jesus upset them so much they killed him. Just, just saying. That was to spirit man and brain, all in a wanna. <laughs> See, sometimes the Holy Spirit, the revelation that comes to us, wants to take our minds in directions they maybe not been before. To think, not just think about heaven, think heaven. It's quite a new idea to a lot of us, isn't it? Like, I'm sitting here thinking about how sunny it is. I'm listening to Andy talk. I'm looking some verses up there. I'm feeling the chair I'm sitting on. Um, that's getting me pretty busy right now. Just take a moment. Just take a moment. I say, I'm in heavenly places. Jesus is in me. I turn my affections to you, Lord Fill my thoughts now with heaven's realities. See what happens. Take a moment. <laughs> I move my affections. I kind of internally I go, ooh, he's there. heaven's here I'm in heaven don't wait till you die to go to heaven take a bit longer it's okay it, it is strange but it's really good <laughs> you see the way we influence the environment we were in is by functioning from a higher reality than the environment we're in. Often we've been taught that in church that we're just worms, that we're sinners, that we're but that's anchoring us into the earth. We're then subject to the forces of earth. We've been seated with Christ in heavenly realms. We've been given the ability to rule and reign in Christ. Romans 5.17 says we've been called to reign in life through the free gift of righteousness. How can we reign in life? It's because we've been set free from the logic and the processes and the forces that rule life for everybody else except people who've come to faith in Christ. That death with him has freed you from obligation or compulsion to follow the whims and forces and rationale of the age in which you live. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. 
You died to all of this. You died to the philosophy of the age. You died to the, the, the behaviors of men. You died to the, the, the realm of flesh. You died to the compulsion to sin. You died to all of that. You died to the political spirit. You died to the religious spirit. And you've been raised with him. You're living, and I'm living from a higher place. That empowers us to change it because we're not obligated to it. We don't have to. That, that was the frustration they had with Jesus. They couldn't control him because he was not obligated to their religious behaviors. He wasn't obligated to their tax system. He wasn't obligated to the way you should grow up. He wasn't obligated to their training for, 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 uh, for rabbis. They called him rabbi, but he never went any, through any of their schooling process. He went from carpenter to world-famous rabbi in a baptism. He submitted to none of the social mores unless he wanted, we wanted to. And he only submitted to death because he wanted to, not because they were more powerful than him. He was above and beyond all the forces and interests and agendas that were running everybody else's life. And in his death, you and I died to all of those too. And now we've been seated with him far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. We get to change the world because we're no longer of this world. We're spiritual people. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm encouraging myself. <laughs> so I, I hope that we keep being a community that challenges your thinking every week. Kind of like, wow, it's okay to go home from church with a headache. As long as it wasn't bad coffee. We are all being stretched. As we experience more of him and more of heaven and more of his reality. <laughs> See the logic of heaven is different. God makes sense to God. But he doesn't always make sense to man. And so, <laughs> because our identity now is not in fallen humanity, but in resurrected Christ, we are indwelt by the thoughts of God. We, we said this earlier, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. But his logic is not earthly logic. His thought processes, the way he arrives at conclusions, are not the way that we arrive at conclusions. His insights are not earth, they're heavened. If we are the beloved of God, made in his image, indwelt by his fullness, knowing divine, his divine nature, seated in the heavenly places, the right hand of God means we're not just in heavenly places like for a holiday, we're at the right hand of God is we're seated in the place of executive authority. I mean, it's fun to be there, but it's also significant in its influence. So I have a declaration. I'm seated with you in heavenly places. I influence my Father. Angels serve me and demons submit to me. <clears throat> the 
distant is now the distant God is now near. We're not now sinners, we're saints. What was earthly has been raised to be heavenly. We're humans indwelt by the divine. That has got to change something. That's what Paul's saying here. Since then you've been raised. Start thinking. Start dwelling on. Start processing. Start feeling. Start marinating in the reality that you have been seated in heaven. Let that percolate out of your spirit man into your conscious reality. Let it percolate out of inside of you into your thoughts, imaginations and feelings and, and turn You've got some control of this. Set your mind. Do something internally that goes, I line up with this. Don't be afraid that if you do that, there's nothing there. That's a lie from the enemy. Sometimes I've, I've played around with this myself. I think, well, if I lean into God, what if I just keep leaning and I'll just fall over? Do, do, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I know how this works. I'm, I'm, I feel kind of safe in how I've worked for the last 10 years, 20 years. I know how me internally functions. Now he's saying, try snuggling up to Jesus on the inside of you. Try leaning in. Turn. But what if there's nothing there? That's just a lie from the enemy to introduce fear so you don't do the thing you're designed to do. Jesus demonstrated that the human body was designed to host the 100% presence of God. Do you remember we talked about he's a prototype but not the kind that blows up? You're like, well, what do we do? If we put 100% divinity into 100% humanity, oh, boom. No, it didn't go boom because you were designed as a human being to be the dwelling place of God. That's your original purpose and original design. It's not a new idea. It's the original idea. So when you come to Jesus and say, come into my life, he does. And when he does, he stays. So that means that you and I can lean into that reality and find that he's there. How that feels and looks for every individual can be different. But the presence of Almighty God, his whole personality is living and breathing and vibrant inside of you. You were made for this. Don't be afraid. So if this is all true, it's going to affect the way we live. So what Paul does in lots of his letters, the pattern is here in Colossians, he talks about these incredible heaven realities about who we are in Christ and how we've these amazing things, how we're free from sin and on and on. And then there's this hinge point, which is verse 1. So because this is all true, something has to change in you now. And the first place he goes is the way that you think and feel about heaven and yourself. And later in the letter, he goes on to talk about behaviors, like husbands and wives and children and so on and so forth. But what he's doing, and not lying to one another, what he's doing is, he's saying what you behave flows out of who you are, and you have to tune your inner reality into heaven's reality, and then what you behave becomes second nature. 
So it's not an external set of rules or principles, it's the internal flow out of you knowing and filling yourself with the realities that God has established for you already. So you bear fruit. The fruit flows out of your inner flow. If you watch you know, fruit on a tree, someone doesn't come along in the night and stick pears on the tree. Neither is the tree going, Gah, I'm a pear tree, gotta do pears, gotta do pears, gotta do pears. Darn, it was an apple. Let's try harder tonight. I'm a pear tree. I'm a pear tree. I'm a pear tree. Pear trees do pears. Pear trees do pears. Tonight, we're going to have a pear. Oh, that's an orange, Don. No, pear trees just are. I, we had a pear tree in our garden. and it, You know, they had so many pears, it messed up the lawn. And no, no, no. It, I heard no sound in the night. It was like, got to bear fruit. Got to bear pears. It kind of had sunlight. It had nourishment from the ground. And boom. Look at all them pears. You have rivers inside of you. Look at all that fruit. You have Jesus inside of you. Boom, look at all that fruit. You have heaven inside of you and you're in heaven. Boom, look. At, see, see how it works. So, oh, I've got to be more like heaven. got to be more like heaven. Just tune into heaven and you'll be more like Jesus. <coughs> that was free. That wasn't in the notes. Um, well, it's all free, really. It's just a joke. Um, <laughs> so powerful people think different thoughts, connect their feelings to a different reality, and so live different lives. How are we, how are we doing? Let's do another verse. You're right for another verse. And then we'll stop. Uh, so set your minds on the things above, not earthy things. Set your heart, set your mind. It's the same idea. For you died, your life is now hidden with Christ. Can we do verse 4? Do you want to get really messed up? Or shall we stop now? When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. All right, now we're right on the edge of what I understand. But that verse 4 actually would be better translated whenever Christ appears. Just read it like that and you're already like, hey? So we got so stuck with the second coming that we'll appear... When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. That sounds like when Jesus comes back, we'll appear with him. Simple, yeah? yeah. Isn't what it's saying. It's saying whenever he appears, you appear with him. You are being co-revealed with Christ all the time. I said I was going to mess you up. So, let, let, let's talk about Healing signs and wonders for a minute. All right, doing healing signs and wonders is not a game show. Those of us who are stepping out and trying to see this happen are not there so that we get claps, scores on the board, and look amazing. If that was the only motivation for doing it, you would quit. 
Because you're stepping out, you can look an idiot, you call things out, the things don't happen. You have to live with people who get disappointed because, but you're not giving up. If you were motivated by, I just want some personal glory, you would stop because it's too humiliating. <laughs> but when you get one, you flipping celebrate. And that could be misinterpreted as, oh, he's really up himself. No, he's really excited that God showed up and something happened. Do you know how much people's lives change when they get well? This lady we prayed for in this Leeds church who couldn't lift her baby. It turns out she'd only just showed up in the church, only just decided to come on that weekend away. She comes, gets radically transformed in her body. We're just hearing stuff back. It's changed her life. That keeps me going. That keeps me going. Yeah, but look at all the people who aren't getting well. No, I'm not going to look at all the people who aren't getting well. I want to pray for them. I'm going to believe that they will get well. And if they don't get well, we're going to look after them the best we can. But I'm not going to look at who isn't getting well. I'm going to look at what God is going to do. We are going to be cancer-free. But Andy, we haven't seen much victory in that. Oh, I don't care. If we, don't, if we stop, we never will be. What am I expressing here? Is this arrogance? Is this presumption? No, it's not. This is me saying, Jesus is in me. The same Jesus that walked the earth over 2,000 years ago, heals the sick, raised the dead, is in me and is in you. Well, it's just your personality, Andy. If I was like you, then I'd be doing that. No, it's nothing to do with my personality. My personality is scared. I hated public performing. As a kid, you couldn't even get me in the school play. I absolutely hated it with a passion. I wouldn't volunteer for public speaking, debating, anything. This is a miracle. Right here. Before Jesus, scaredy cat. With Jesus in me, still quite often scared, but he's winning. But Christ is in me, the hope of glory. Oh, some of Jesus leaked out and they got well. Yeah. Well, I'm not just cut out for that. Uh, who's living inside of you? This kind of come on, come on, spirit man, stay with me, stay with me. It's just not my thing. I don't do miracle signs and wonders because I wasn't made that way. Well. I would, I would like to introduce you to somebody who would argue differently. He's called Jesus, and he's co-resident in you. And every time you release some of him, you are co-revealed with him. So if you're not releasing Jesus, some of his glory, you're stopping him getting glorified in the earth. You're keeping it in. But you're also not getting glorified yourself. Whenever Christ is revealed, you're revealed. The true you is revealed. (sighs) 
I'm not trying to upset you. I'm trying to explain something that's true. He is in you. And he can leak out of you the same way he's always leaked out of people. Now, it will come through your personality. It will come through your style. It will look like you, but it will look like Jesus at the same time. We are not limited to the logic of our inheritance, our upbringing, our circumstances, our personality, our our, our force of personality, our intellect. We are not inhibited, we are not constrained, and we are not even designed according to the logic of all of the things that you grew up with. A new logic appeared in your life called Jesus. A new sense that doesn't make sense. So don't dismiss it because it doesn't make sense because his sense is a superior sense. Do you see? Well, that doesn't make sense. True. Okay. Didn't get all the way I wanted to get to, but let me just... <laughs> did that, I did that. <clears throat> you see, Jesus is the real version of you. Jesus is the real version of you and me. He was the firstborn among many brothers. He started the family business. And we, we have him in us, that same DNA, that same divinity. Your true nature is revealed every time he shows up through your life. Jesus is the real version of you. He's a a model of you, not a model for you. I did promise you'd end up thinking. He's not something we copy. We are a copy. It's wrapped up in your skin, your personality, but authentically he's there. We need to land. So... (laughs) And, and just, just give me a moment just to, to pray and then before we get our children. So just hold on to the kiddies' side. Oh, it's gone up. Can we hold on for our kiddies two minutes while we pray? Uh, do you want to, if you want to, just put your hand on your heart or your head or something. And just, let's just pray together. Holy Spirit, will you help us tune in 
to who we really are. Help us tune in to the fact that you're inside us. Help our hearts and minds, our affections to be marinated in heaven's realities and heaven's yummy goodness. Help us as we walk through our week to know we can tune in to that reality at any moment, any second, day or night. It's never left, it's never gone, it's never deteriorated even. In Jesus' name, amen.